Effective therapeutic drug monitoring versus standard therapy during maintenance infliximab therapy. Sviasen et al. JAMA. Why we chose this paper. Proactive therapeutic drug monitoring entails regular checks of serum drug levels and anti-drug antibodies with subsequent adjustment of infliximab dose and treatment interval, as opposed to standard monitoring, which focuses on treatment effect and side effects. Given 30 to 50% of patients receiving anti-TNFs develop secondary failure, therapeutic drug monitoring has been proposed by smaller observational and retrospective studies as a way to identify drug failure early and ensure maintenance and maximum efficiency. Study aim and design. 454 patients included patients receiving infliximab treatment for immune-mediated inflammatory diseases, including psoriasis, were randomised to undergo proactive therapeutic drug monitoring, or standard therapy, for one year across 20 hospitals in Norway. The aim was to evaluate impact on disease control. What were the main findings? 74% in the therapeutic drug monitoring group achieved sustained disease control versus 56% in the standard therapy group. Adverse events reported were not significantly different between groups. Limitations. Is it applicable? The included conditions were diverse. Rheumatoid arthritis, ulcerative colitis, psoriatic arthritis, etc. And only included 37 patients with psoriasis. This was open-label, so there was a lack of blinding, which could have affected outcome assessments. What's the take-home message? Proactive therapeutic drug monitoring seems to be more effective in sustained disease control. More detailed research is needed, including to evaluate the cost-effectiveness and longer-term effects. Paper 2. Dipilumab in children with uncontrolled moderate to severe asthma. Bakaria et al. New England Journal of Medicine. Why we chose this paper. Asthma is not our thing, clearly, but eczema is our bread and butter, and plenty of eczema patients have concurrent moderate to severe asthma. Study aim and design. The aim was to assess dupilumab efficacy for asthma in children, as at present it's only licensed in over 12 years. A 52-week phase 3 randomised double-blind placebo-controlled trial of 400 children 6 to 11 years who had uncontrolled moderate to severe asthma was set up. The primary endpoint was annualised rate of severe asthma exacerbations. The dose was 100 mg for those weighing less than 30 kg and 200 mg for those weighing over 30 kg every two weeks. What were the main findings? The adjusted annualised rate of severe asthma exacerbations was 0.31 95% confidence interval 0.22 to 0.42 in the dupilumab group and 0.75, 95% confidence interval 0.54 to 1.03 in the placebo group. Limitations, is it applicable? The reported primary endpoint was just for those with type 2 inflammatory asthma phenotype, defined as a blood eosinophil count of over 150 cells per cubic millimetre. So it may not work for other subtypes of asthma. The dose they used was different to the dose we use for eczema patients. What's the take-home message? 
We need to consider establishing closer links with respiratory physicians to ensure we coordinate care for those with moderate, severe asthma and eczema. As we're already seeing in clinic, Dupilumab can control both effectively, and this study confirms that. Paper 3. Fibrosing alopecia in a pattern distribution. Greg Settel, Journal of the American Academy of Dermatology. Why we chose this paper? Increasingly, we're seeing cases which look like antigenetic alopecia, that transpire to be a scarring alopecia on biopsy, suggestive of lichen planopolaris. We wondered how this condition, fibrosing alopecia in a pattern distribution, differs from angiogenetic alopecia and fibrosing alopecia in a pattern distribution, dual diagnosis, which is relatively common. Study aim and design. This was a systematic review that had identified 15 papers, which included a total of 188 patients, 164 women and 24 men. Ages ranged between 21 to 82 years, average age 53.8 years. What are the main findings? Criteria to diagnose fibrosing alopecia in a pattern distribution equals pattern hair loss involving the androgen-dependent scalp with evidence of follicular inflammation and fibrosis. Fibrosing alopecia in a pattern distribution shares histological features of both lichen planopilaris and androgenetic alopecia, but the authors propose the difference between fibrosing alopecia in a pattern distribution and dual diagnosis, diagnosis like in planopilaris and androgenetic alopecia, is that the former shows both features in a single biopsy specimen, while the latter shows the different findings in different samples. Treatment is as per lichen planopilaris and androgenetic alopecia standard therapy. Limitations, is it applicable? Based on retrospective studies and reports, this condition is uncommonly diagnosed and we feel the criteria differentiating fibrosing alopecia and pattern distribution from lichen planopilaris and androgenetic alopecia is quite a grey area. What's the take-home message? Fibrosing alopecia in a pattern distribution is a scarring alopecia which shows hair loss in an androgenetic pattern with evidence of follicular inflammation and fibrosis. The authors propose it's distinct from lichen planopilaris and androgenetic alopecia dual diagnosis, but we believe this is a still an evolving area. Paper 4. Multi-state model for predicting ocular progression in acute Stevens-Johnson syndrome, toxic epidermal necrolysis. Kinoshita et al. Plus one. Why we chose this paper? Ocular sequelae of Stevens-Johnson TN are often the most impactful long-term consequence. Measures taken during the acute phase are increasingly proactive, but depend on having early access to inpatient ophthalmology. Understanding which patients need closer monitoring or earlier intervention is likely to improve outcomes. Study aim and design. The aim was to identify risk factors for acute ocular progression in Stevens-Johnson TEN. 230 patients were identified by Japanese survey and medical records were reviewed retrospectively using a globally accepted severity score. What were the main findings? 24% of cases with mild 
acute ocular severity progressed to severe even despite intensive treatment. Progression was within three weeks where present. Younger patients and those who had been exposed to non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs were especially likely to progress to become severe. Limitations. Is it applicable? This was a retrospective study based in Japan. Median numbers of days till ophthalmology review was four. We speculate that this may be longer in the UK. What's the take-home message? Encourage very close eye monitoring and early intervention in young patients with Stevens-Johnson and TEN and those who have a history of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory exposure. Paper 5. Specific features of moxicillin-associated drug reaction with eosinophilia and systemic symptoms syndrome, a nationwide study. Largo et al. Journal of European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. Why we chose this paper? Dress is related to host response to drugs and or reactivation of herpes viruses in predisposed individuals. Amoxicillin is a common cause and can induce herpes replication in vitro. If we can identify specific features aligned to certain drug triggers, it will help determine which drug to stop early. Study aim and design. The aim was to characterise the onset pattern of dress caused by amoxicillin. 146 cases were identified from the French Drug Reaction Database and notes reviewed retrospectively. What were the main findings? In 62 cases where amoxicillin was the clear culprit, the median time to onset was only 5 days. Amongst the group where amoxicillin was a possible culprit, the latency was 18 days. They also identified 40 patients where amoxicillin was felt to flare dress triggered by another agent. Limitations is it applicable? This is a retrospective study and based on documentation only. The potential drug cause is only based on clinical judgment. What's the take home message? Many clinicians would dismiss a potential drug cause of dress with a latency less than two weeks, but it seems that amoxicillin induces dress much more quickly. Amoxicillin may also exacerbate dress from another drug, e.g. when prescribed to treat symptoms in the prodrome phase such as pharyngitis. Paper 6. Phase 3 trials of Tapinarov cream for plaque psoriasis. This is a topical aryl hydrocarbon receptor modulating agent, works on IL-17. In two Phase 3 randomised control trials, the primary endpoint of Physician Global Assessment Score of 0, clear, or 1, almost clear, and to decrease from baseline of at least 2 points at week 12, was found in 35.4% of the patients in the Tepinarov group and in 6% of those in the vehicle group, and in 40.2% and 6.3% respectively in trial 2. Paper 7. Trial of Spizolimab for Generalised Postular Psoriasis, Bacalez, New England Journal of Medicine. Spizolimab is a humanised anti-interleukin-36 receptor monoclonal antibody. In a Phase 2 randomised trial involving 53 patients with generalised postular psoriasis, Spizolimab resulted in a higher instance of lesion clearance at one week than placebo, but was associated with infections and systemic, systemic drug reactions. 
A noteworthy case. Paper 8. Deficiency of adenosine deaminase 2. Updates on the phenotype, genetics, pathogenesis and treatment. Mates et al. Journal of Clinical Immunology. What is it? Deficiency of adenosine deaminase 2 is the first molecularly described monogenic vasculitis syndrome. It is an autosomal recessive disease resulting from loss of function mutations in ADA2. When should I think about it? In a 2018 review, 161 patients were reported in the literature and summarised. Onset is usually in childhood, however, adult onset has also been described. Vasculopathy of small and medium-sized arteries is the major clinical feature. Skin and central nervous system involvement are commonly involved, but other organs can also be involved. Approximately half will have fever with increased inflammatory markers. Cutaneous manifestations are the most common feature of DDA2 and are found in greater than 75% of patients. Usually this is a levido or polyarteritis nodosa like changes. Skin biopsy of levidoid changes show a predominant interstitial neutrophil and macrophage infiltration with paravascular lymphocytes but without overt vasculitis. Of all reported patients, 50% have experienced one or more neurological events, usually a stroke. Mortality is significant at 8%. Hypogammaglobulinemia is seen in a subset of patients. In summary, consider this disease in a young person with polyarteritis nodosa-like changes, especially if there's neurological involvement and no overt vasculitis on skin biopsy. How do we diagnose it? Genetic testing with low or undetectable ADA2 catalytic activity in plasma or serum. Ad libitum, paper nine. Amazon Care has launched in the United States. We speculate that a UK launch is not too far away. Rourke, New England Journal of Medicine. What can Amazon not do? This is a question that we are increasingly struggling to find an answer to. The launch of Amazon Care in the United States is something that we should take note of. The service is a combination of telemedicine and in-home care. Its basis is a smartphone-based app that uses a chatbot and then allows a text or video interaction with a nurse and, if needed, a doctor. There's also the option of a home-based diagnostic assessment performed by a nurse with prescriptions delivered in less than two hours if the patients choose to use the Amazon's pharmacy. With services already stretched in the UK and the COVID pandemic providing a tipping point, the market is clearly ripe for a UK launch of Amazon Care. Article author Elizabeth Rourke voices our concerns that the medical care of people is not simply as, as simply as easy as chatbots and formulaic medicine. Human beings, at the end of the day, need human doctors, she summarises.
Chanson de Matin, Edwin Algar, 1857-1934, by the Advanced String Group, Sir William Perkins School. Isla Galpin, first violin. Hyan Lee, second violin. Miss Townsend, viola. Amelia Christian, cello. <laughs>